Hello, my name is Julia, and this is the Media Podcast, where I talk about medicine in the context of media. This week, a source of media is another podcast. Today, I'm talking about the You Up podcast. For those who don't know, this is a podcast about modern dating and relationships, and it's hosted by Betches founder Jordana Abraham and comedian Jared Freed. It's a great podcast. It comes out every week, twice every week on, I want to say, Wednesdays and Sundays. I listen to most episodes. I think it's a very fun podcast to listen to, and I'm definitely a fan of it. I love this podcast, but I will also acknowledge that it's a bit of a random source for the episode in that I was inspired by like a very brief conversation in one episode in September of last year, 2023. So it was basically an aside kind of conversation, but it stuck with me. I kept thinking about it and I was still thinking about it when I was planning for this podcast. And so I want to discuss it. In the show, they often have listeners write in for dating advice. And this is a conversation they were having over an email that mentioned oral sex. So first, I just want to play a little clip from that episode. Because to me, if I'm going to go down on a woman, I'm going on, you know, I want to spread myself around. Right. And some of it is part of the, you know, I. that's why I'm, let me defend the labia majora for a second. It gets its time too. Yeah. Right. When you go for a massage, you go concentrate on the clit, but give me some labia majora. I didn't even know what it was called, the labia majora. I did. I'm not. I, I'm going. I'm taking your lead. Is that the outside lips? I guess a la- labia. I think is the outside lips. I never heard of. I've never heard it called the labia majora. Maybe those are the big lips. We need a health teacher in here. We need a health. Yeah, we need some Candace. <laughs> yes, Candace. Like I am not paid for this. Right, <laughs> Candace. Disappointedly, yes, we do. <laughs> what is the labia majora? The inner lips. There's an outer and inner lip. The outer lips are like. You guys are monsters. Outside. (laughs) It's a complicated thing. Again, like this was kind of a random aside and a short part of a long episode. So you might be surprised that when I was thinking about my podcast, this was a conversation that came to mind. But I'll tell you why it stuck with me. These are two grown adults in their mid to late 30s, college educated, one of them with a labia herself, and they don't know what a labia is. They are definitely not unique in this knowledge gap. There are so many adults that don't know what's going on down there. One study interviewed women and found that a majority of the women interviewed did not know what constitutes genital anatomy, and very few of the women interviewed were able to label different parts of female anatomy when looking at a diagram, including the labia majora. And so, like I said, the hosts of the UAP podcast are not worse than the general population. I don't blame them. I blame sex education. And they obviously know what it is, even if they don't know the terminology. Like, they're clearly kind of like dancing around the terms a bit, like trying to figure out what it is. But they they obviously like know what it is without knowing what it's called if that makes sense, you know? So what does it matter if they don't know what it's called or what a labia is? So I will explain why I think it's important that we know this. But first, I want to tell a little story that I think highlights the implications of this kind of knowledge gap 
very well. A few years ago, when I was still a medical student, I was doing an elective in pediatric endocrinology in Brooklyn. And so pediatric endocrinology is the study and practice of hormone abnormalities or disorders in kids. And so under that umbrella, you see a lot of patients coming in for concerns about sexual development. So early puberty, late puberty, abnormal periods, etc. One day, a mom brought in her daughter, who was about a 10-year-old girl, and, you know, like any, any doctor's visit, I start, what brings you in here today? And the mom, without hesitation, immediately is just like, my daughter's vagina is so weird. It looks so weird. I can't sleep at night. It keeps me up. I'm always awake worrying because it's so weird. Can't stop worrying. Her vagina is so weird. Mom kept going on. What she was describing was her daughter's labia. And I will get into the difference between a vagina and a labia in a moment. But I did the exam. I looked at her daughter. It was completely normal. And the mom said all of this in front of her daughter. So this was concerning for two main reasons. The first is for the patient. So this girl will probably never have a normal, healthy relationship with her genitalia or her body or sex. And I'm, you know, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm nearly certain that this will always be an insecurity, despite that I was, you know, reassuring her that it was completely, completely normal. I don't know about you all, but I still have insecurities about my body based on things boys said to me in high school, like over 10 years ago. I don't remember anything nicely said to me at the time. And it wasn't even like I was like bullied. It may have been like a one-off kind of comment about my body. And I still remember it and feel insecure. I mean, I wouldn't say they like caught me. I don't think about them all the time, but like they're still like live in my head. You know, I had one roommate in med school who told me I have hairy toes. I'm like, it's fine. A lot of people do. I shave my toes. It's not a big deal. But he would make fun of me whenever there was hair on my toes. And I'm still really insecure about it. And I know that it's normal and it doesn't matter. Like it's literally my toes, but I'm still insecure. So for that girl to hear her mom go on and on about how weird her vagina is, again, I hope I'm wrong, but like I find it hard to believe that this girl will ever have like a very normal relationship with sex or her body after listening to that conversation. And that's what I heard mom say in the doctor's office over the span of a few minutes. So could only imagine what she was saying to her daughter at home. And the other reason why this interaction was concerning was because the mom was concerned. And I am not here to shame this mom at all. She saw something on her daughter that was different than what she expected. And she was concerned, which is totally appropriate. But her daughter had a totally normal looking labia. This woman, she was obviously sexually active. She was a mom. And as a grown woman and a mother, had she seen so few female bodies that she had no idea what a normal vagina looked like? She likely had never seen any any but her own. And for her to be so worried about a, again, a totally normal looking vagina, it was concerning to me. And I think that all women should know not just what their body looks like, but what a female body looks like in general or what it could look like. So longer introduction than usual. But in this episode, I want to do just kind of a brief overview on female anatomy to clarify some of the terms. And then I'll get into the diversity amongst the way this anatomy can look and stigma around different looking anatomy. And I want to note here that I am referring to vagina, labia, whatever as female anatomy. And I might say things, you know, like women, girls, females, 
etc. But I also want to make a note that not all females have this anatomy and not everybody who has this anatomy identifies as a female. And in any case, whether they do or don't have certain body parts, a woman's worth is not defined by her anatomy in any case. And so I just want to throw that out there to keep in mind. So even though I'm using certain language, this is, I'm kind of describing anybody with a vulva in this episode. So now let's talk about anatomy. I will try my best to paint a picture and make this as not confusing as possible. So I'm going to start with some terminology, which already might be a bit confusing by the words I've been throwing around. So in the story I told about the mom and her daughter, the word vagina is used to describe the external female anatomy. In common language and in most sources of media like TV and movies, the female genitalia overall and what we see on the outside is usually referred to as a vagina, although really it's the vulva. Even recently, Gillian Anderson, who is an actress, wore a dress to the Golden Globes that was covered in embroidered vulvas, which is very cool. But even in interviews on that day, she was referring to them as vaginas. So I've seen many a TikTok of people very angry about the word vagina used incorrectly, but I don't think it's that deep. To me, this is kind of similar to our stomach. So in common language, people often describe your abdomen, your torso, your belly, all of those things as your stomach, but your stomach is really the internal organ. So if you have a stomach ache, it means you have like abdominal pain, but it's not really like an ache in your stomach most of the time. So your stomach is the organ. It's on the inside. You can't see it, but people usually describe that whole cavity that encases your stomach as your stomach. Um, And that's fine. And so Vulva is similar. What we see outside is the vulva. The vulva is comprised of several parts. So I will put a photo in the Instagram page. If you want to take a look, you could totally Google it, but I will try to describe it as clearly as possible. In the UF podcast, they use terms like inner and outer lips. Using these terms, the outer lips are the labia majora. So if you're looking forward at this anatomy, first, there's kind of an area of fat and that is your mom's pubis. So looking straight on at a vulva, just like the top of it is the mom's pubis. And then there is a line going down the center. So it's two halves coming together in the middle. Those two halves that come together in the middle are your labia majorum. And so you might also hear of these as your outside lips. I think they use the term big lips in that podcast. So the bigger lips, the outside lips, those two halves that come together are your labia majora. In some people, this is all you can see when looking at them straight on. You can see that area of fat above it, your mom's pubis, and then your labia majora, and that's kind of it. In some people, there's a structure that kind of peeks out between the labia majora. It's usually a different color. It might be more similar to your mucosa, so like the inside of your cheeks and your mouth, um, or a totally different color. And this is your labia minora. It's always present, but sometimes it's longer than your labia majora. So it's always kind of hanging out and you can see it. And sometimes it's shorter. So it's what they call hidden. So it's hidden unless you kind of open up your legs and like spread your labia majora apart. Either way, it is totally normal. Within your labia minora, there are some other structures. So at the kind of top of it, there is a fold of skin, and this is your clitoral hood. So it's a little bit of skin that folds over your clitoris, which is an organ that contains a lot of nerve endings, so can be stimulated for sexual pleasure. 
And then there are a few holes. So the frontmost hole is your urethra. So that leads up to your bladder. That's where the pee comes out. The next hole is the opening to your vagina. And then further back, but no longer within your labia minora, is your anus. So to recap, outer lips, labia majora, inner lips, labia minora. Within the labia minora, you have your clitoris and openings to your urethra and your vagina. There are other parts of the vulva. So like there's a bunch of bulbs and glands over there. Um, We don't need to know all of those. I don't even know them all by name or location. That's fine. Um, This is basically a big overview. And I think the main things you need to know. So labia majora, labia minora, clitoris, urethra, vagina. So that is all the vulva. So what exactly is the vagina? The vagina is basically a connection between the external anatomy and the internal structures. And so in the next episode, I talk all about endometriosis. So keep an eye out for that. And in that episode, I go over internal anatomy. But basically the connection between the external anatomy or the vulva and the internal structure. So like your uterus, that connection in between is the vagina. The function of the vagina, since it's a connection, it's basically like a passageway. So things can come out like blood and mucus during your periods coming from your uterus or even baby. In the case of childbirth, your vagina is also what they call the birth canal. So babies can come out, blood, mucus, things like that. Things can also go in. So it contains nerve endings that can allow for sexual pleasure during penetration. And it also can receive the penis during sex to allow for fertilization. So to circle back, in my story, the mom was concerned calling her daughter's vagina weird. But basically, she was worried because her daughter's labia looked different than her own. Labias can look so many different ways and continue to change in an individual until after puberty. So that might be why this mom's concern didn't really come up until her daughter was about 10 years old. So it's not to say that she's never seen her daughter's vulva before it's just that maybe it was kind of changing with puberty it started to look different and mom was concerned so as i said vulvas can look a lot of different ways so they can vary in pigment or color and size shape in the length of the labia minora and all of these are totally normal one study found that it's just as common to have a visible labia minora as a hidden one so distribution of whether or not you could see the labia minora just from you know looking straight on is 50 50 give or take. I want to right now kind of plug for the vulva gallery on Instagram. This is an Instagram page that has many paintings of different vulvas. And, you know, I'm not saying you have to follow it. I don't think it's any makes you any less feminist if you don't want to look at photos of vulvas every day on your Instagram feed. Like, that's fine. But I think it's very cool. I think it does a very good job at just like showing all the different types of vulvas. And so I definitely recommend just like taking a look, scrolling through it to get a better idea. Because of this huge variety of what vulvas look like, it's impossible to classify any one look as normal. But in that same study that found that it's just as common to have a visible versus a hidden labia minora, of the women in the study who thought that their genitals were abnormal, about three quarters of them had a visible labia minora. So where did this idea of a normal vulva come from? That brings me back to the idea behind this podcast, the relationship between medicine and the media. 
the spread of nudity in general in the media plays a huge role in creating this ideal image of female genitalia. In that same study I mentioned at the way beginning that showed that most women didn't know what a labia was when they were asked to identify a societal ideal when looking at different photos of vulvas. Every participant pointed to a photo of a hairless vulva with a hidden labia minora. Another study looked at representation in women's magazines and found that a vulva is nearly always represented as hairless and flat with no protrusion of the labia minora. So a hidden labia minora, no hair, and very flat appearing. If that makes you think of something, if it sounds a little bit familiar, this is describing exactly a prepubescent aesthetic. So basically, the way vulvas are represented cause women to feel shame for having a normal adult vulva as opposed to one of a literal child, which is so weird and honestly disgusting um, to kind of idealize the vulva of a child. Even in media images without nudity, the way the media shows like tight-fitting clothes or women in underwear always, again, emphasizes like a very subtle, flat genital area with no hair. So this makes women insecure when that is not how they look. So looking at those magazines and things, that's how genitalia is portrayed to women. But how is it portrayed to men? I won't lie. I kind of thought porn was going to be the problem and create this ideal and skew our societal values and create all this shame. And I thought I was going to be able to blame men for these expectations. But I couldn't really find any research to support that. I did find a study that reviewed the most viewed free pornographic videos online. And it showed that while, again, complete shaving of pubic hair was very common, so totally bald genital area in both men and women, it showed that when looking at the labias, about half the women had a visible labia minora, um, and then about a third of them had labia majora, labia minora at equal lengths, and then the remainder had a hidden labia minora. So most of these popular pornographic videos had a variety of genital appearances that represents the population pretty well. So hats off to them. I'm sorry for doubting them, but they did trend toward their removal. So now... Why is any of this important? So as I've mentioned already, this type of representation and people not really knowing how vulvas can look can create a lot of shame and insecurity about women for their own bodies, which are often totally normal. That sense of insecurity alone is already problematic, but to take it a step further, there are women that are opting to modify their bodies to fit this ideal. So women may undergo a procedure called a labiaplasty to have their vulvas altered in order to look more in line with what they think is normal or socially preferred. In the U.S. in 2021, there were nearly 19,000 labiaplasty procedures performed, which had increased 36% from the year before 2020. The procedure is expensive and it comes along with all the other risks of any surgery, so like risks of bleeding and infection, but it can also cause scarring and damage to the tissue that will then diminish sensation. So ultimately, in modifying the appearance, you can lose the function of a body part that is very much there for pleasure. Women should do whatever they want with their bodies, 
And I believe that firmly. And if that includes a labiaplasty, then that is anyone's personal choice. But I just hope that by kind of normalizing the versatility of vulvas, maybe women will feel empowered to not change themselves. I mentioned this in the episode about weight, but it's very difficult to undo years of media influence or like I even said earlier in this episode, comments that other people make about your body. So if, you know, your mom is talking about your vulva in the way that this patient's mom was, or like if you have a sexual encounter and your partner is making comments about the way your body looks, in addition to everything we see in the media, this can really, you know, sit deep in someone's head and really get to them. And it's hard to kind of undo that. Um, So I just wanted to make this episode to kind of discuss this and emphasize that this norm is just just another beauty standard that makes women feel insecure or inadequate for no real reason. Bulbas, I will say it one more time, come in many shapes and sizes and are all normal. If you listen to this episode, thank you so much. I appreciate you. I hope that you learned something. And if you have any suggestions for future topics or any questions about this episode, you can reach out at Media Podcast, MDIA Podcast on TikTok or Instagram or at Media Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you.